Hello, you're listening to the Mr. Money Jar podcast. Mr. Money Jar here. This episode is taken from an Instagram live and has been uploaded in its entirety. This means that some of what you hear may seem odd in an audio format. For example, there might be references to questions that appeared during the live, plus some audience interaction, and very rarely some swearing or audio mishaps. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. This is episode 48 of the Mr. Money Jar Show, and today we're going to be joined by Mr. Deals, a thrifty saver and deal hunter. And he's going to be speaking to us a bit about his platform and how he sources deals. And hopefully we can have a great conversation today about the best ways to spend money and get the best of our cash. Um, It's good to save, it's good to invest, but when you do come to buy things, as we all need to do, it's great to have a way or a process of making the most of your money. I can see that he's already joined the live, so let me invite him in. Thanks everyone for joining. Hope you've had a great start to the week. Hey, yeah. Hey, man. How you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. How's it going? Nice one. Not too bad. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Um, it's so great to uh, finally speak to you in person. You're one of the uh, first pages that I followed when I uh, joined Instagram, and we've had interactions on and off in DMs and on emails, so it's great to uh, finally get to speak to you. Um, let's dive straight into the conversation, though. Do introduce yourself to everyone um, who may not know who you are. Yeah, sure. So my name is Paul, but obviously unironically call myself Mr. Deals on this page. Um, Started off as Mr. Money, actually, sort of quite similar to your name. Um, The original idea was to do a personal finance page, which I I still sort of try and pretend I'm a money blogger and, um, and a personal finance page. But basically what happened was I'm not the best content creator obviously like someone like yourself just creates incredible content and oh it's very kind the ability no just the truth and I'm, everyone here obviously agrees uh haven't got the sort of the, the time or the energy slash a bit too lazy to create all that content so um deals it just sort of pivoted that way because people went for them and they're quite easy to to sort of share and post i don't want to put myself down but um yeah there's a big difference between posting a quick deal and and the sort of the content that you share so that's why it started um friends had been telling me for years to set up a blog to help people with personal finance and that's what i did and then it and then it sort of quite quickly pivoted towards being just deals um or at least being ostensibly just deals actually as as you know because you see my sort of dabble in in some personal finance type content one thing i do steer clear from is investing i do invest myself but i don't don't feel confident enough to give people advice on that um so yeah that, that's me basically in a nutshell cool and just for the well firstly i'm very happy that you changed your name from uh mr money <laughs> to mr deals otherwise i think we'd have a court case going on between yeah. the two of us so it's good that that happened what should we go with uh for the purpose of this conversation is paul cool or mr deals what do you tend to go by Paul's good. If I think if I heard Mr. Deals too many times, I might start to cringe a bit. So uh, Paul's good for this. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, 
before we uh, kick off anything, I can see that you're wearing, uh, you've donned your Super Mario t-shirt. So I've got to ask you, uh, like clearly you're a gamer. What's your uh, game of choice and console of choice? Because I'm, I'm quite an avid gamer myself. So I'm going to have to disappoint you and tell you that I don't own any games consoles. I'm an ex-gamer. So uh, I used to just really love Nintendo when I was younger and used to play um, Super Mario, Mario Kart, Legend of Zelda, etc. And then um, I, just got, I just got this from Target when I was in the US. Just needed a new t-shirt and this looked cool. So oh, yeah, right. no more games anymore though. All right. I'm not too heartbroken because you know some real classics there. I can, so, I can um, hear in your voice though how disappointed you are. um and about your platform then um how does it work i think one of the things that surprises me about your page is the speed and the frequency with which you're able to post deals um how do you um how do you find them how does your platform how does your platform work sure so um so as I said, I, I do post some non-deal stuff, but I'll focus on the deals anyway for this conversation because that's at least 95% of what I post. Um, so yeah. the way I find them is there's, a, there's sort of a few different ways. So Hot UK Deals is a big one. Um, I've got a few keywords set up on there. Uh, apart from that, it's just people in the community post them. Um, and then it's also just when it when sort of a new, I think, what what's always helped me save money in the past and what I've tried to pass on is is it's just knowing over year where basically when you sort of use the websites that I use over years and years you you tend to learn where codes might stack and little things like that you tend to know what websites give the best discounts um so yeah not not the best answer but it it, it really is a variety of things um but I'd say mainly the community here um I follow sort of fellow fellow money bloggers who post the odd deals and then there's some really good freebies pages deals pages and there's some pages that are set up purely for referrals so a lot of the deals are referrals as well um hot uk deals as well and then just prior knowledge just a lot of the deals i've shared is just um it's because i've used them before um, all right cool so you're you're essentially a human aggregator then <laughs> i have sort of tried to call myself like a, a deals curator um yeah which which might be a bit too grandiose for what I do. Essentially, it's just I think to myself, would I use a deal? And and, and if I would, then I, then I post it. Most of the deal, there's not many deals I'd post that I wouldn't use. There is the odd voucher that comes up, like the look fantastic deal when they sort yeah. of double their referral bonus, and it it stacked with a couple of different codes. But my wife loved that one anyway, so she she helps yeah. me with that sort of thing. But there's a few deals bloggers out there who'll post a lot more beauty stuff than I do, for example, because I. I don't have as much of an idea on that, but yeah, just yeah, yeah. You don't look like a look fantastic man, to be fair. And I'm so I'm not one either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one either. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool. Um, so I like to think about the way in which we interact with money as falling in one of six buckets. This is a framework that I've completely made up myself. So do feel free to disagree with it, both you, Paul, and the people at home. But the six buckets are. You can earn it, you can spend it, you can save or invest it or be lent it, or you can give it or you can take it. And I think they're all as important as each other. Like 
knowing how to spend your money and how to spend your money well, for me, is as important as knowing how to save or invest it or how to borrow it responsibly. So when time comes for you to spend your money, when you buy something, um, what's your process? I, I for example, have um, code-finding um, extensions say, for my browser. I will always do a Google search to see if I can find it cheaper elsewhere. I'll do, you know, like the idea low price tracking thing. What tips do you have for the people listening in terms of a process that they can use to approach spending their money? Yeah, I'll, I'll try and sum up what I tend to do. I, I think it's two prongs really. So the first is, is similar to you is to, uh, at the very least, if you're going to buy something, just do a really quick Google search for a code. Um, if nothing comes up, you've, you've sort of lost 10 seconds of your life. So that's the, the bare minimum. Another thing, as you said, is is installing a discount. I, I can't remember if you said you use a specific plugin. You said Idealo, but there's also Honey and Minty that can auto-apply coupon codes for you. They're really good. Amazon yeah. is obviously something that we that most of us here use. Um, it's not, not a website I, I, I wish to promote, but unfortunately it is what it is, and, it, and it's a big part of a lot of our lives. Um, so the best website for that is Camel, Camel, Camel. So I drink Nespresso coffee um, and I like the Starbucks by Nespresso. So what I've done is I've set up a price tracker on that. So what it means is that every time it falls below a certain level, it you sends me an email. Yes, yeah, so for yeah. anyone who uses Amazon, that's Camel, Camel, Camel's a, um, a must really. But sort of linked onto that is the second prong is just um, patience. I'd love to say I don't overthink like one pound or two pound purchases, but I, I do sometimes. But actually, um, for a lot of the stuff I buy, I, I don't. It's, this this does surprise um, people actually, but I I don't go on about it as much as I used to. But I'd like to think of myself as almost an anti-consumeristic deals hunter. I, I I certainly don't want people to go out there and and spend their money, and when they do spend their money, I really want them to do it mindfully and and deliberately. So a big part of the process for me is um, is really thinking do I need something? Um, yeah. Little things like I bought a new phone recently because mine was was dying and it, and it took me months and months and months to fork out for a refurbished iPhone XS. I think I've got, I'm not even sure, but two models old. Um, I think it was £300, but but that's that's a lot of money. Um, so yeah, so for any big ticket purchases, um, it's, it's two-pronged in the sense of I, I wait, but I also know what the best prices are by using camel 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 or or looking at um you just get a good idea actually of, of when the the good discounts come so so yeah that's my process is just to for bigger for bigger items is to wait and to look for discounts and then I, another one i'd say is restaurants me and my wife like to eat out um i'd say once a month pre-pandemic but we tended to only eat out it's very, very rare that we ate out full price. So what we'd do is we'd go out to a restaurant on a Thursday night, for example, or or the, the places we tend to eat out full price would be, I don't know if it's the same where you are, but sort of Neapolitan pizza places are always really, really good value for what you get. So we'd yeah. be mindful in that sense. We wouldn't just go to a steakhouse on a Saturday night. We'd go to the steakhouse on a Wednesday night when we know we can get half price, et cetera. So sure. that covers off sort of big ticket items and, and, and restaurants and eating out is... Um, yeah, so I love everything you've just said because, um, yeah, there's uh, some similarities to to what I do. And I love this kind of overarching theme of before you buy something, anything, ask it, like not accepting the first price that's given to you. Yeah, definitely. 
So, um, camel, camel, camel. Sorry? I was going to say, I'm, I'm thinking if you even need it in the first place. I'm thinking if you need it in the first place, exactly. Because um, something that I like to say is like, you know, you can't, um, and, and I understand that this is like pedantic of me, but I, I do like to say that you can't save money by spending it. Like yeah. you can be thrifty, you can kind of lower your expenses. But saving is like you making a payment to your future self and then everything else is you just keeping your your costs down. Um, but the, yeah, Chrome extensions, Honey, Pouch, was it Mint? The, yeah, the last mint, one that said it was? Minty. Minty's another one that's out there now, yeah. Yeah, so all those Chrome extensions you just, um, or Internet Explorer, for those of you uh, <laughs> who are still using that, you install it to your browser. When you get to the checkout screen, it'll ping your little notification, and then it'll run codes through automatically for you. Um, Camel, Camel, Camel is fantastic. It shows you the historic prices of items on Amazon, if you shop on Amazon. Um, it's particularly good for items of tech, because when it gets to... Black Friday, Cyber Monday season, you can uh, look back and see what the lowest price something was. And then there's also, of course, cashback websites. So uh, Top Cashback, Quidco, very good for things that you're going to buy anyway to get a little bit of money back on, on the purchase. And I know some people who, I don't even know if this is allowed, but like they, they'll use cashback websites for like work expenses. And that's like train tickets and hotels. And then obviously work covers the cost of the expense and then they get all this cash back back, which is essentially free money. Um, and we've just had yeah, a- Cashbacks is a really- Sorry, go on. Go, go, go for it, mate. No, I was just, I was just gonna agree with you. Cashbacks is one I forgot to mention, but yeah, I've been using Top Cashback for years and yeah. if anybody here hasn't heard of it, I'd, I'd say sort of almost everywhere website you shop on online is on that. Um, and on top of that, it can stack. So there's another app. I don't know if you use it, Timmy, called Airtime Rewards. Do you use that? Is that the one that um, gives you the air miles back? It works similarly to Top Cashback, but it's similar to Top Cashback, but it gives you money off your phone bill. Um, oh right. However, the, okay. the, the sort of the beauty of it is, is you attach your you attach your card or multiple cards to it, and then it automatically tracks the purchase for you. So what I like about it is that it's zero effort, but it can also work in tandem with um, with top cashbacks. So let's say Halfords, for example, is on both of them. You'd get the cashback twice. And then I also use a, oh, a cashback um, credit card or a, a crypto card that I won't go into here. But um, yeah, it's sort of multiple levels of cashback, really. It all adds up, doesn't it? Oh, that's awesome. I have not heard of that. And that is exactly why we got you on the show. Um, just looking at the comments, uh, Eve says, my motto, whatever you spend on, you can save on. Um, completely agree. And uh, Finance Reboot says, I do that. Use for work expenses. Yeah. So, Oh, and Chloe, Chloe's Deals Club. Shout out Chloe. Was in the clubhouse with her the other day. Airtime Rewards is my favorite app. Love that. It's automated. Um and Beau, Gratitude and Coffee, try Top Cashback and they've been absolutely useless. Um, Beau, what I'd say is do give Top Cashback a go. Um, I personally, and I'm sure Paul can attest to this as well, over time have gotten back hundreds of pounds through purchases I would have made anyway. It's mainly travel, eating out, those, those kind of shops. Yeah, I would say, um, I, guess, I guess the one golden rule with the cashback websites is to never rely on the cashback. 
However, saying that, um, I've never had an issue with tracking in six years, but there is always this caveat of don't don't rely on the cashback. It takes a few months to come, and there's always that tiny risk. I guess it won't track, but I haven't had an issue yeah. in six years. So, um, well, Top Cashback also has a Chrome extension, the Top Cashback Notifier, which if you add to your Chrome browser, will again ping your notification when you're on a website that is eligible. So you can then start your journey through top cashback again. So that's um, worth looking at. Um, how do you, um, when it comes to buying as well, because I, I love what you said about, you know, thinking about whether you need the item, buying the item mindfully. How do you balance um, being thrifty with uh, quality of purchases? You know, because there's that famous saying that if you buy something cheap, you buy it twice. How do you approach that as a deals person? Um, I think for most things, um, we'd go for quality over over price. I mean, in the sense of we, we're always quite willing to spend more on things if it's um, if it's worth it in the long run. So, clothes, for example, um, yeah, even food. When we buy food, we wouldn't. We try to be a bit careful with what we buy. So. I guess we're quite fortunate. Uh, maybe maybe there's some people on this watching. Me and my wife are by no means rich, but um, our, our salary is sort of probably in line with the average for the country. So we can afford to um, to spend a bit more on on those sort of purchases where, where perhaps others can't. So we always we always put quality um, not first. There is a balance. I, I'm not very really answering your question, but yeah, we, we <laughs> just buy something because it's cheap. I mean. <sighs> Yeah, it's difficult to say, but like, yeah, with with tech, you wouldn't see me buying, I don't know, twenty iPhone chargers because they're a pound each or something. Something. Yeah, like that. that's that's twenty explosions in your house. Yeah, exactly. So we <laughs> tend to be pretty mindful of that. Um, yeah, as I think you, as I think you probably are too. Yeah, um, but I haven't always been this way. I used to just go for the cheapest option. Um, under this pretense that I was using my money in the best possible way. Yeah, yeah. And I would do it for like items of footwear, clothing, food. And um, I would use stuff for like a summer or something and then never ever use it again. Um, and then things changed a few years ago when um, I read The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying by Marie Kondo, which I know some people really love her, some people really don't. But then I went on this really big purge of like stuff in my house that I wasn't using and sold it all on eBay. And then it's kind of like, if I buy a pair of shoes, I'm way better off spending a hundred quid on yeah. shoes that I use for many years rather than paying 20 or 30 quid on shoes that by next year, the soles split or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I agree with that. Um, I, I, think that I think the problem is there are millions of people in the country who who probably isn't all about budgeting, who maybe can't afford those hundred pound shoes. But if you're in a position where you, where you can after making a budget, then, then it does pay off. I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then are there, are there things that, um, cause I think our, our, your page does appear to be mainly based on online shopping. Yep. Um, but, do any of the things we've spoken about change when it comes to going in store? You know, stores will be opening up um, in the coming weeks and well, like non-essential retail is actually already open, but yeah, yeah. people will be going out more and more in the coming weeks. 
are there things that you do when you go shopping in person? Um, my mum, for example, went out to buy a TV and she uh, asked if she could buy the display model and they gave it to her, like it took off a couple hundred quid. And I, th- I just think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess for, for sh- I don't do much shopping um, in store. I didn't pre-pandemic either. All right. Big ticket items like a TV. Actually, we didn't have a TV. We only got a TV recently because my wife insisted. I was quite happy to live without it. But for a TV, for example, we we buy that sort of thing online because it's a bit easier to compare. Um, if I were to go shopping, I guess the sort of thing I do is it's a bit annoying for for Dasher actually. Any sort of shop we go into, I we ask if they do a student discount. I've got I'm quite lucky to have a student card because I'm still doing some professional tax studies at the moment. So awesome. Did it, do they do a student discount? Um, I'll have a quick look to see if they've got um, an app or a newsletter to sign up to to get off an in-store code. And then probably on the way to that shop, we might have crossed, let's use a really obvious example, that we may have passed a Greg's. So we've just gone into, let's say, H&M. There's a Greg's next to it. I'm waiting for Dasher. So I'll look. I'll download the Greg's app. Perfect. They're giving me a free hot drink for downloading the app. That's the sort of annoying thing that I do is just check in everything um, well, almost everything. If I walk past a shop and I think if they sell food or drink or if they're likely to have a discount, I'll just I'll just spend that one minute just sort of looking if I can sign up to something. Or, or some, a lot of the, these places have advertisements in stores. I guess the only caveat I'd say would be some stores do offer you quite good bonuses if you sign up for store credits. I don't think it's something we're going to go into now, the sort of the psychology of credit and all that. But um, just be careful. Um, uh, we're we're here to we're here to talk about whether you want to like do do elaborate. Yeah, just, well, just sort of quickly on that, I guess is just it's. Although I said be careful, actually, I'm sort of this disproving the point I'm about to make is that the reason they offer that is is to take advantage of elements of our subconscious that that might get. It's I see a lot of people advertising credit, and then they're not doing anything wrong per se, but they always say, "I oh, only take the credit if you can, can control it." But actually, I guess it's just this is another way of how I try to be careful is knowing knowing the sort of the effect advertising can have on our subconscious and, and knowing the, yeah. um, as, as much as one can to sort of avoid that sort of thing. So we, we, we don't watch that much TV, but let's say we're watching a show on Channel 4. I'll pay the four quid for a month of the premium without ads because I know that actually it's going to, even from a financial point of view, I'm going to save myself that four quid because if I don't see the adverts, then I'm going to save money. So. So yeah, just on one point, you might see good store credit offers, but there's a good reason they want you to sign up for those store credit offers. So just be mindful, I guess. I'm not saying to anyone, don't sign up for the credit, but just be mindful. Yeah, do do your due diligence on it. Finance Reboots just said, on most bank accounts, you can also earn cash back. And with Halifax and over time automatically um, earned £96 back recently, 8% 8% cash back on Tesco shop. You also post deals on, I had a look for your grid earlier. You post deals on um, um, banks and switching bonuses and that sort of thing, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So another, this is where the sort of the personal finance and the deals are slightly more aligned, I'd say, but energy switching and and bank switching is a good way to make money. And it's what I've done for years. So especially for people out there who are sort of trying to build their emergency funds or make a bit of easy money, um, a lot of people here probably do their own, their own side hustles. So banks offer switching incentives and energy companies offer switching incentives. And, and the beauty of them is, is that most of them sort of, when you get the incentive, you can just switch again. 
So it's an easy way to make a few hundred pounds in a year, depending on what's being offered at the moment. Um, but I know at the moment there's a good three or four energy companies offering good switching bonuses and there's no sort of minimum contract or exit fees. So you can just sign up, get the bonus and then switch again. And the good thing for banks and energy companies as well is that the government's done a lot to promote competition. So essentially, once you've put your details or closing of the accounts, you just fill in the details and they do it all for you. So it's an easy way to make a few hundred pounds extra a year. Yeah, um, I, I know people who've made like 500, 600 quid by um, strategically switching banks. Yeah. I would just say that um, on that, just make sure that if you're switching from a bank that you've had quite a long history with, do uh, try to download and back up your bank statements um, before you do that. Because I, I left um, my student bank um, actually to switch to another bank for switching bonus. And then I lost like all of my transaction history. So do, do back it up. And then also the, um, small caveat that when you apply for a bank account, you may get that six month imprint on your um, credit file. Um, but, you know, like we, we, we all know this stuff. You just need to use the deals and the promotions in a way that that suits you. Yeah. Just, um, just, to, just to build on that quickly. So um, what I've always done is I've got, a, I opened up a second bank account many, many years ago and, and I use that yeah. for switching. So I've got my main bank account that I've had for a long, long time. And then I've got a second bank account that I use purely for switching. So that's a good way to get around that problem for some. And then it also keeps the long-standing bank account, which is good for the credit score. But then, yeah, also, as you said, um, whilst there shouldn't be a long-term impact on your credit score of sort of opening a bank account, um, there is a credit check. So if you're applying for a mortgage in the next few months, then you might do what I did and sort of not do anything, not even apply for a phone contract to see your credit scores left untouched. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm really interested in the psychological piece as well. Um, in your line of, of work, what things do you see uh, retailers and companies doing to try and part people with their cash? So store credit was one. Are there any other tactics that they try and use to get us to spend unwittingly and to, to not be mindful and to not consider whether we need items or not? An example that I can think of is like, forced scarcity so making something out to be limited in stock or putting a time period on which um you have to purchase something to then compel you to run out and buy it when you wouldn't normally anything else you see yeah so there's one example that's come to mind but just before i say that just quickly i'll just so I, I guess most most companies out there, almost every company out there, wants you to spend spend more money. This it's not me trying to sound dystopian or pessimistic. That's just how it is. They've got shareholders to answer to. So, McDonald's want you to buy more Big Macs. Primark wants you to buy more clothes. And ultimately, arguably cynically, but ultimately, they're doing that for profit. That, that that's unfortunately the way the world works. Um, so just just be mindful of that whenever you're sort of spending money. And, and I think the example that, that maybe is quite relevant at the moment is greenwashing. So there's a lot of companies out there Ooh. bringing out a lot of um, eco and zero waste products. So the most recent one I saw yeah. was a, um, I did post about it on my stories, actually. I can't remember who the company was, not that this matters, but essentially they've, they've made um, a razor, a disposable razor that is made mostly 
if I remember rightly, it's not even all. It's mostly made out of recycled materials, and it's got the lovely green packaging and and the fonts and the, and, it, and it looks like a, a sort of a conscious choice. But the problem with that is, is that clearly for the environment, it'd be much better to not use disposable razors. Um, and this company still produce their own cheaper disposable razors that aren't made from recycled materials. And, and some people popped to my DMs and said, oh, at least it's a step in the right direction. And I, I actually disagree with that completely. It, it, they're purely just from a profit off it. Um, it's that yeah. simple. So if somebody wants to use disposable razors, I'm not saying, I'm not going to tell them directly that, that that's the wrong but, but I'm also not going to stand up for the company and, and say that they're doing good and it's a step in the right direction because it's not. They've just added an extra product line on. Um, so yeah, greenwashing and specifically greenwashing in the, in the sort of the new sense where a lot of companies are releasing new green products and, and encouraging you to buy that. The clothes companies are the same. They, they're starting to use a lot more. They're, they're starting to shout about their eco-credentials. Eco but, but if you look at the stats, and I can't remember them now, people are buying ridiculous amounts more cloves than they used to buy which is obviously bad for the environment so so yeah greenwashing let's say is the big one to watch out for at the moment just just don't buy yeah. it in the first place that is, that is such a good one to bring up i, I just find that so juicy because it's like using people's best intention like people want to be greener but people yeah. like a lot of us are time poor a lot of us have busy lives so we almost rely upon companies to be responsible so that yeah, we can exactly, transact yeah. with them but there is this extra element of due, due diligence you need to do to make sure that what you're buying is actually green. And I suspect that we will see that a lot more in the future because the move to green and sustainability is happening across the board in investments, um, in banking, in food, in clothing. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, almost like organic and fair trade. Yeah, yeah. Like people want to eat healthily, they want to make sure the producer makes um, a fair share of the money that they're buying. But I was watching a video by um, Panda Boss Anna. Yep. Um, and she, on, on YouTube, and she had read um, a book which was talking about how Costa, a while back, got into trouble for raising the price of a fair trade cup of coffee by 10p when the fact that it was fair trade only necessitated a 1p increase yeah. and they pocketed the rest, like the remaining 9p. And the reason why they were able to do that is because the people buying it thought that fair trade, because it was fair trade, needed to be more expensive. But fair trade only guarantees a good price for the consumer, not for the buyer. And it's just like little kind of tricks like that yeah. that we need to be wary of. No, it's definitely something to, to look out for at the moment. That's awesome. Um, before we wrap up this part of the conversation, any closing remarks on just like buying, making good use of your money and ways to be savvy and alert when, uh, when buying stuff? Yeah, I guess, I guess almost to sum up sort of what we've talked about is for, um, for big ticket items, just, just think sort of when, when do you need it? Um, can you wait to look for codes, make sure you add the, discount code trackers and camel 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 to your to your browser and then for sort of more optional spending um like traveling and and food and, and sort of eating out i know a lot of people see these to a large extent i don't know if i cut out there sorry cut out on my screen so um just just try and be 
just try and go for, for offers if you're eating out. If you want to go and eat at that that really, really good restaurant, then try and do it on a Thursday night or go for a pre-theatre menu or an evening menu or, or just look for that. And then the, the way me and Dash think about that is we like to, because we like to eat really good food in restaurants, if we, if we sort of spend half as much on it, then we can go out to twice as many good restaurants. So... So yeah, for big big ticket items, just wait for optional spending. Try and find a good deal, and then I guess it just all comes down to as well, just thinking if you need need anything. So yeah, like it, nice, concise, um, applicable stuff. Um, we're into the uh, rapid fire questions now, Paul. Um, so uh, without any further ado, what's been your biggest financial achievement to date? I think buying a house, probably the same as a lot of people my age. So we managed to save up for a deposit quite quickly. Um, and I think equally with that, to be honest with you, this this little blog's done quite well over the last year, actually. So it, it, we're looking to pay off 10% of our equity loan soon. And if, if the blog hadn't done as well as it had done, we'd be another year and a half off that. But it's... Um, thanks to people sort of engaging with my deals and some of those deals earned me a referral fee. It was never the intention of the page and it's certainly not the, the purpose of the page or the reason for its being, but I have been quite fortunate. And when people use my deals, sometimes they get a really good deal, but I get a kickback as I'm always very transparent about. Everybody knows that. Um, so yeah, biggest financial achievements are the house, but also just continuing to be able to build up savings and um, pay off more of that house, to be honest. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, what one piece of money advice would you have given to yourself 10 years ago? Um, don't, don't spend it all, I think quite simply. So <laughs> the year I had the most money in my life, um, I think even compared to now, with my third year of university, I had a student loan, I had an Erasmus grant because I was living in Paris, and I was an au pair. So I had no expenses because I was living, well, the family provided me with accommodation and they provided me with all my food. So I had zero expenses living in Paris. And I think I don't drink anymore, um, but I think 80% of that money went on alcohol and I spent thousands and thousands of pounds and I have nothing to show for it. So then if I'd go as far as say I regret that, um, I probably do regret it a little bit. I know, I know you meant to say you don't have any regrets and it's all part of how it is, but there is a small part of me that regrets that. Um, so yeah, just don't, don't spend it all quite simple advice to myself i think paul of 10 years ago don't spend it if only i could go back <laughs> um if you were to win the lottery let's say you were to win 10 million pounds how would you allocate that money um i'd pay off this house um i'd probably purchase another house i don't know um and then I'd, I'd look into reducing my hours at work. I don't think I'd want to give up work. I'd, I'd give certain bits away to family, give certain bits away to charity, and then, and then stick the rest in investments and sort of see how it goes. I wouldn't be in a rush to spend all that 10 million or invest it. But yeah. I think the fact that you'd still keep working, uh, what, what reading between the lines uh, tells me that you actually quite like your job. It's all right, yeah. Um, I only work four days a week at the moment, not five days a week. So I I recently left one company, and I'm about to, I'm about to start another company next month after my CTA exam. Um, okay. I, I certainly like it enough to be working two or three days a week. I think it's good to have that that routine. 
Um, what are your long-term money goals? To be financially independent. I'm not. I'm not in the movement, the the fire movement. I'm not quite to that extent. But um, yeah, the dream is to sort of work three days a week. Um, to then have more time to spend if, if me and my wife have kids then just have more time to spend with them and just just have that freedom to to do to do what i want to, to do what our family wants every day awesome and uh the final question is what does success mean to you um same answer as the last question basically um yeah if, if my life can go where um where dash is happy we've got happy kids and we have sort of as much time together as a family than that then that's it so which is why I only work four days a week now. It's why in the near future, in the next few years, I'd like to drop down to three days a week and, and yeah, just, just sort of have that time. So yeah, time, time is the, is this the sort of an indicator of success? If it, I, I, if I, if I'm only working, let's say two days a week, three days a week, by the time I'm in a few years time, then I'm, I'm successful. That's, that's good for me. Yeah. And I think there's a wider shift um, going on. I think, maybe a generation or two ago, the aspiration would have been to have as much um, stuff as possible, or maybe like as many resources as possible as a lesson yeah, yeah. Take from it. But I think now people are actually really valuing that freedom of action and location piece, yeah. um, particularly when it comes to things like starting a family. I think it's awesome that you work four days a week and that you're looking to drop that even more to be around for your kids. That's really great. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, is there anyone you want to shout out or anything you want to plug before we wrap up? Um, no. Um, I guess the only person I'll shout out is Dasha because you may have noticed that I sort of automatically said we quite a lot in this conversation, despite the fact that yeah. I'm clearly just one person. So it's it's my blog, it's my page, but she um, everything I do I just see as us doing so she, I mean she helps me out with photos and you've seen her face on here quite a lot probably when I sort of pull out the camera and record her eating some food but yeah well, <laughs> I say thanks to her for supporting me in general and, and with the blog and just being an amazing person so that's nothing to plug just Dasha is amazing that's it well thank you to Dasha and thank you to you thank you for your page um you can still be here if it wasn't of value to people so um thank you for setting up and for being Mr. Deals. Thank you for spending uh, the evening with us and sharing your time and expertise. Thank you to everyone at home for tuning in. Um, hope you learned something. And uh, we'll be back at the same time next week, Monday, with another special guest. Everyone take care and have a great rest of the week. Cheers. Bye-bye.